Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid. What's going on, everybody? We are back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast where we talk Detroit Lions twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, We had a fun show on Wednesday. We talked about a big win against the Atlanta Falcons. Don't let anybody, especially uh, a guy with the last name Valente or these people on the radio or national experts, tell you that wasn't a good win. Every win's good in the NFL, especially when both teams were loaded up, ready to go, especially when you win on the final drive. Oh, baby. Um, We talked about the trade made by Bob Quinn, picking up Everson Griffin for a conditional sixth, maybe even a seventh round pick, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He's a pass rusher. And we also turned on the tape. Me and Griff could kind of watch it through, talked about some things, tried something a little different on the show, so that was fun as well. So, Griffco, we're here on a Friday. I mean, I'm I'm real curious what the weather's going to be like. I mean, I, I don't know if you got that handy, but I just wonder what it's going to be like as it's getting a little bit more chilly here in Michigan. Um, and then, you know, I'm just glad it's Friday. I don't know about you. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, it's Friday. I'm doing good, doing good. And like you said, it's going to be a little cold this weekend. I mean, tomorrow is Halloween, so everybody's going to dress up as something. Um, me, I'm going to dress up as a uh, nice guy watching college football uh, in my easy chair. So uh, you can find me doing that, you know, and uh, having a bowl of candy outside for the kids. Say, please take one, meaning one handful, which I'm okay with because the quicker I get rid of it, the quicker I shut my front porch light off. And then, you know, get to gain an hour of sleep. You know, because we get to turn back the clocks here in Michigan, you know, fall back, you know, gain that hour and watch the Lions on Sunday. So once again, TJIF, thank God it's Friday. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Hey, Griff, a couple follow- quick follow ups, as you might say. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, when's the clock go back? Because I never know. When's that happen? Saturday night. Saturday night. If Okay. And then. So you also happen to mention a big thing that happens on Saturday, and that's the University of Michigan versus the Sparties. I mean, how do you see that one going down? Um, I hear people like predicting like blowouts, like fifty-two to ten and stuff, you know. But I think this game's going to be much closer. Those teams always, you know, seem to play close. But I'm going to pick the Wolverines in this one, taking this one probably like twenty-seven to ten. <laughs> All right, well, go blue, everybody out there. If you're a Sparty fan, we love that you listen, but we just don't like your college team. So it should be fun. That's always a good rivalry. And, uh, yeah, Grifka, it's Friday. We've got the Colts game to talk about. I'm sure you have a few questions that might stir me up here or we might have fun with here on the show. I know people always enjoy turning on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Friday and hearing about those Detroit Lions and, and laughing a little bit. So what do we got? 
don't know if this one will get your blood up, but uh, I mean, you're kind of the GM of the show. You like kind sour cat players, so I'm gonna go with that. You're the pseudo GM, but uh, I see all this stuff like people are like going crazy over like these roster moves that the Lions make for like the practice squad. I'm talking like you know practice squad, <laughs> and uh, people are all like, "How can they not keep Kenny Wiggins and keep talent like that?" And I saw some guy like blowing up how the Lions signed a punter to their practice squad. They're like, we had the best punter. What do we need a punter for in the practice squad? And and people are like, you know, because, you know, they get rid of Bo Benchwall, then they bring him back. It's like, we should have kept Kenny Wiggins. And, you know, he's got, you know, it's just, and then people are like trying to be like, it's practice squad, you know, relax, man. But other people are just like going crazy. How do you feel about it when the Lions makes, you know, moves for their practice squad? <laughs> oh my goodness well first of all Grifka, if you're gonna talk about practice and then you're gonna try to go for that drop you got to give me a second i'm only one man over here trying to edit and 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 mix sound in and do all this stuff so i mean if you want to want to do that gimmick we can do it but it go a little something like this i mean Grifka, you want to talk about the practice squad i mean we're talking about practice squads really practice squads we're talking about practice not a game squad. not a game we're talking about practice practice squad (laughs) (laughs) you tried a little off there but good good work by you so i mean if we want to talk about practice that's when you do it squad (laughs) (laughs) i mean if we're gonna do that i mean gosh i kind of fall in the middle because sometimes i don't understand what they're doing i mean i think i went on my rant against benny blades about uh how unimportant special teams is yet you all you hear about is how important and how many roster spots and how many you know get this guy on the practice squad he's a good special all that garbage there's also the things where you think it's developmental like put a guy there so he can learn and he can sort of get up to speed and then he'll be good but a lot of times that's where guys go to die so i I don't know, you know, I guess I just don't have a great feel for it. I mean, if I had my practice squad, I'd be having like, you know, elite athletes or people that are just home run type hitters where they're either going to be incredible or they're going to wash out of the league on my practice squad trying to find those lottery tickets. But I mean, I agree with the people who are like, well, why you got to why you got a punter on there, you know, when we already have a punter and, and you know, it's like, well, if a punter gets hurt, he'll be in the system and he'll be ready. It's like, he's a punter, bro. <laughs> you know, you can go find somebody that can punt the ball and, and be ready by by Sunday if you pick him up on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, it's not that not that difficult. Um, so yeah, he's not, he's not picking up a playbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand those. I don't understand tucking away a long snapper, even though like the, the guy that we had in camp got all this pub. And people were like, oh, you might want to keep him on the practice squad because other teams might want to pick him up. I'm like, long snapper, bro. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, some of these insignificant positions. But I do understand why you might keep like either offensive linemen or guys that get hurt a lot like corners or, you know, uh, impact skill players on the practice squad. So. It's just a weird thing, you know, like the one thing as much as I love, like salaries, players, draft, all the stuff, I still don't have a finger on some of the moves NFL teams make, the way, why they get rid of guys, you know, why guys um, get picked up, why the Lions just recycle people over and over again. Like, I don't know, who's a guy that they might have bring back a time or two in the past, Grifka? Oh, you know this guy was on speed dial. We're talking flu. (laughs) 
Whenever somebody got hurt, he was the first one to show up. He was waiting outside. Flu baby. He was like that uh that Seinfeld where like Jerry gets bumped down the speed dial from like number four to number six. Flu was number one, baby. <laughs> like <laughs> you didn't have to lift up that little plastic thing with a pencil to change his name. It was just put in pen. Put flu at number one in pen on the speed dial. That's all it was. Just F-L-U, that's all it said. <laughs> yep. Nobody knew. Di- dial him up, hit number one again. He's coming back for the 18th week in a row, just in case. Um, but, yep. yeah, I I don't understand. They keep bringing back, like, what, Chris Jones, a corner, or some of these, you know, bowling bowling alley quality football players. And it's just like, whatever, man. So, I don't know. I don't put too much into it. I mean, this is the first year where I actually got the magnetic board out where I'm trying to keep up with guys going up and down, practice squad, injury the different things that kind of GMs do. And I mean, like you say, it's a lot of back and forth and it's also the one key elements we don't have is medical and kind of conduct. You know, I feel like if we knew what these guys were health wise, as well as if they're, you know, just not following the protocol or not, you know, a good guy in the locker room, we'd maybe understand some of these moves a little bit more, why people get cut, why they moved up and down, you know, what the, team season some of these people but i don't know sometimes i just shake my head no doubt well i know with like some players sometimes like veteran players some guy like a kenny wiggins where people are like oh, i gotta keep that talent and people are like talent you know it's one of those things i mean he's been around for a bit and sometimes gms will do this when you see it happen like in the preseason or you know like one week two weeks in and one of those old grizzly veterans get cut sometimes it's just kind of out of respect it's just like hey you're not in our plans but here um we're gonna you know wave you maybe somebody else wants you and they kind of do it out of respect for the guy as opposed to just like this guy sucks he's old he's just not in the team's plan so they're giving him a chance so maybe that's what it was too it's just like they had some hey you were here you were serviceable but you know you're just not in our plans anymore we think we have you know other guys so here we're gonna wave you not hoard you on a practice squad and you can go and find another team as opposed to if you're on a practice squad and you're waiting for somebody to find you kind of, you know, and and take you that way you can kind of go and shop your own services. So that's the only reason I could really think of that, you know, for Kenny Wiggins. And like you said, punters, long snappers, you know, water bottle carriers, you know, (laughs) backup, backup, backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Who gives a crap at that point? What, what might some of those guys be? I mean, uh, something you might call them uh, that would make me laugh. What, you mean the old grizzled veterans that are long in the tooth? Are you talking the ones that are uh, not that great? Both of those are classic, and those aren't the ones I was thinking of. What's what's somebody in camp that maybe might not make the practice oh. squad or the team be called? By oh, they're camp fodder for sure. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, the only last thing I'd say in practice squads is that I do like the NFL's new way of doing it where they're giving not only more flexibility, but letting, you know, some guys that – you know, are older or veterans, as you would call them, or long in the tooth, as you would call them, um, beyond some of these teams. Because I think, you know, before we got recording here this week, I mean, Des Bryant's going on the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. But to me, it's like, you know, if he can't make another team or teams don't even want to bring him in and put him right on the 53, it seems like you should be able to put on your practice squad whoever you want as long as they want to be there. I mean, they somewhat have to agree to um, to, to be on that and get whatever check they get. A couple thousand bucks a week, I think, is all it is, which is kind of sad. But, um, you know, I think you got to open it up as well as, you know, I've really, this is a little off topic, but I really like the 
the COVID rule this year where people can just go on IR for three weeks. I feel like if you keep that up in the future where you let people go on IR for three weeks rather than back in the day, it was pretty much all or nothing. And recently it's been eight plus weeks or whatever. That just gives you a lot more roster flexibility and lets you kind of tinker around with practice squad, active roster and IR. And that's what these teams need, man. So many damn injuries in the NFL. I swear every week in fantasy football and in real football, it's just like I'm playing the medical game where I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with these guys or, or why everybody is tearing their ACL and breaking their leg and having hand injuries every week. It's just like, it's hard to keep up with. So I feel like the NFL needs to keep up the flexibility on these rosters. And then these GMs can do whatever they do, which is they're just keeping people for, roster construction more so than fans were looking at it going man like this guy's talented why why are you not getting him from another practice squad or why are you not keeping him around uh, <clears throat> Travis Fulgham um you know he's just like gone and we don't know why and it's just because they probably have injuries at other spots or you know he's not a good guy in the locker room whatever it may be and and they move on from him but it's really hard to figure out what they're doing on on all three of those levels but like i say that's why they get the big bucks and unfortunately i'm sitting here with you grifka but one day i mean maybe i'll be pulling the strings at some level who knows <laughs> yeah maybe we're just waiting just waiting for the call yeah sheila ford ham's gonna call you up hey, eric i listen to your podcast and you're so smart we're firing bob quinn and bringing you in Grifka, do you have any want to maybe hear what it would sound like if, uh, I don't know, Mrs. Ford would give me that call? Yes, I'd be very interested in this. Well, Grifka, it might sound something like this. Hey, um, Derek, is, is it Oakry? Is that how you say it? Um, well, we have we have an opening here with the Detroit Lions in the general manager position. Um we're looking for somebody that can um you know make my favor make my dreams come true which haven't happened yet because i want to win the lombardi trophy yay <laughs> I, could you do that if so you're hired uh yeah i, I, I could i could do that for you yay i'll see you on monday bye <laughs> it might go something like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think it might be uh it's a quick interview. I mean, a slam dunk yeah. hire, I think. I, I give her sunglasses <laughs> on the first day as a, as a thank you. <laughs> that just cracks me up. I have no idea what to say at that point. Let's move uh, on here. Yeah. <laughs> we, I don't want to bring up, uh, you know, uh, Miss Ford, but okay, let's, let's keep moving on. Um, uh, my, my next question for you. He's played pretty well of late, and um, there's still times he gets burned here and there. But, uh, you know, A, oh, sorry, I can't do it as well as you. Is is he, you know, quickly becoming the Lions' number one cornerback? I, I don't, you know, obviously I don't think he's going to be Deion Sanders or anybody like that. But, I mean, I, I don't think he's, you know, washout either. I mean, he's not Nevin Lawson or anybody like that. Is, is he the new Lions' number one um, cornerback? Oh, Griffka, normally I do this with your first question, but I think this is your second or your third, but I got to do it. it. Is this a real question, really, right now? Are you asking me if A-O-O Baby is the number one corner on the Detroit Lions? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. 
Yeah, no, that, that's that's not a good question by you, Grifka, and here's why. Because you and others out there that like the Detroit Lions, you guys go week by week, day by day, who's the new hotness, who's somebody that you can latch on to, and yeah, right now, you've seen a lot from AO, he's getting targeted, he's making plays, he's playing decent, so what do you want to do? You want to go ahead and elevate him to the status that is just not only unrealistic, it's just not... It's just not where he falls or where he should fall as a football player. Like, the guy's playing pretty decent. But when you say, is he our number one corner? Like, maybe number one by de facto because True's not out there. Okuda's not getting ready. Obviously, your boy who he shook his hand, Darius Slay, is gone. So, I mean, maybe in the in the depth chart you could put that. But, like, A.O.'s a... He's a number two, number three type corner in the NFL. And I'm totally fine with that. Like, again... I touted him to you in the draft process. I kind of had him as that second rounder. He went all the way in the fifth. Like, he can settle in really nicely and, and doesn't even have to start, doesn't have to um, play like he's playing now to really help this football team. But could, could he be a great number two? I think so. Could him and Okuda be a nice pairing in the future? Sure. But am I calling him a legit NFL number one type corner when it comes to ability or when it comes to longevity, you know, more than just hey, he's out there right now and playing the best out of what we have. No, he doesn't fit in that category. Come on now. Really? I mean, come on. He's, he's making plays, making tackles. Like I said, he does get burned every, every once in a while, but uh, I mean, he's, Playing better than Desmond Trufant, who's not on the field, and you know, off injured Coleman, who's not on the field. So uh, a number one corner is the guy that that has like special traits that has the ability to just lock up on number one guys all day. Like you still see him get not only turned around, but I mean, why did I like him in college? He had a lot of length. He wasn't afraid to 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 play some of the top guys. But you've seen him come up to the league and. Um, I, I don't think they didn't play him basically his whole rookie year for no reason. So obviously he was having trouble there and he's, he's, he's picked up his game, but we can't just take him from not playing until the very end of the season to elevate him to this number one type status. That's, that's when you get yourself in trouble. That's like the sport we shall not speak of when somebody pops up on the radar for two weeks and then you and everybody else wants to put him in the hall of fame or make or go get his Jersey. Like that's not how it works in the league, you know, to be a number one corner, you gotta be an elite talent. You gotta have that speed. You gotta have that swagger and ability. And I think he's a rung or two below that as much as I like him. I mean, like I say, Nobody's trying to get rid of him. I'm not trying to downplay his game. I'm just saying you're you're giving him not only too much credit, you're just putting him too high up on the radar because you see him out there playing a lot of snaps right now. I mean, if True's ready and Okuda gets better, he's already the number three, and we haven't even had Justin Coleman either. So in a real world, he could probably maybe be 3-4 on the depth chart and still be what the Lions haven't had for decades, which is a, a good backup you know, good backup depth at cornerback. That'd be great to have. And I think maybe we do when everybody gets right. But for now, he's out there balling, which is great to see. And, and just so you get the name right, Grifka, I mean, again, it's A-O. O. Baby. So, I mean, that, that's okay. how it's done. Um, just do me a quick favor. Um, yeah. Next time, I mean, on one of your shows, 
with uh, your Believe in Lions podcast with Mr. Benny Blades, one of my favorite lines of all time. Um, <laughs> can you ask him about AO? If I, I once on a prior show compared him to Ray Crockett. I know you don't know who Ray Crockett was, but at one point he was on defensive back for the Lions. I really liked him. So uh, can you ask him if AO is comparable to Ray Crockett? Because, uh, you know, I, I, I just wonder what he thinks. Because once again, Ray Crockett wasn't an all pro or anything like that, but he was – you know, good, quick, you know, <laughs> defensive back on the team. And I think those two are very similar. And just ask him, see what, see what he says. I'd appreciate I, that. I will ask Benny Blades about Mr. Oyewarier, <laughs> just for you, Grifka. And, and it, there's nothing better than when Benny Blades breaks down a player in the defensive backfield or the safety position because – I mean, he he doesn't pull any punches. He he definitely wants to see these people actually hit like he did back in the day. So I will definitely do that. But before I do that, Griff, I want to ask you again. I, I, I laugh every time when you compare a current lion to a former lion as if they're parallel or those are all your go-tos. Again, only a, a portion of our listening audience knows who Ray Crockett is. But... Grifka, how's your how's your comparison with Jelani Tavai and Chris Spielman working out? How's how's that working for you? Oh yeah, that's uh, I mean that's one of those things. Like if he's a poor man's Chris Spielman, he's like a poor man's poor man's poor man's Chris Spielman right now. I mean this is like this is like when you walk into you know you're expecting Dr Pepper and you walk in and you're getting a Mr Pitt. Or, you know, you want a, just a regular Coke. Like, if you're in Atlanta and you want a Coca-Cola and you walk in, you're like, hey, can I have a Coke? And they hand you a royal crown. Okay, it's just kind of how it is. Uh, well, like you say, I mean, I tried to support Tavai. He had a decent few plays against Atlanta. But, I mean, like you said, that's a slap in the face to Chris Spielman. Grifka, I hate to say it, but Jelani Tavai is going to be uh, at the old bowling alley before we know it pretty soon, shining up shoes. Uh, that's that's what I see from that guy based on what I, I see on Sundays. He He's uh, just a – I mean, if the ball finds him, he, he might be able to get you to the ground. But other than that, I haven't seen much of anything from this guy. Yeah, he's uh, he spends a lot of time grasping air. <laughs> yeah, sad, sad for a, a high, high second round pick. But anyway, what else we got here on a Friday? Let's do this uh, before we uh, break down the game because I want to get your thoughts on this. Let's uh, take a pause for the cause and pay a couple bills. Everybody, we'll do that. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? Hopefully we're pouring out a big glass of Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid for you today. Drink it in, Big game against the Colts on Sunday. Um, just some fun topics off the top. Um, really curious to see what Everson Griffin is going to look like once he gets rolling and, and gets going with the Detroit Lions. Obviously, he's got to go through some COVID testing and whatnot. So, unfortunately, won't have him for this Colts game. But I'm excited to see what he will bring as well as, to me, this is a pivotal football game, Griff. Because this is, this is just a, it's that one where... Man, if they get set back, that's going to be tough. If they can get the win, 
and and go on another little mini streak here that'd really be big for this team so what do you got well the colts are coming off a bye week so they're going to be well rested they have no was it uh, no real big injuries right now and john taylor in the backfield i know uh Philip Rivers, you know, is another quarterback. And at one point there's talk like, uh, you know, them maybe trading for Matt Stafford because Philip Rivers, I mean, he's a little long in the tool tooth and he's lost a little, uh, you know, zip on his arm. But uh, what do you think about this offense? I mean, Detroit's coming off their defense playing pretty, pretty well, but the Colts, some um, Colts offense, I think it's kind of sneaky. What do you think about it? Well, Grifka, I, I did my homework here for the, the second or third week in a row, and I looked up some stats on the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I mean, again, my whole time as a football fan, like, people may laugh at this, but, like, when I'm doing fantasy football, I'm going by feel. I'm going by guys that I I, I feel have game. Um, don't love to dive into the numbers a ton, but as I've been doing work with Pro Football Focus as well as just on this show, I like to dive into the numbers a little bit. So when you're talking about their offense – um, if I have it right here, I believe, I mean, I think they, they throw for around 265 yards a game or so through the air. Um, Pat, or, uh, Philip Rivers, the old gunslinger, the old, 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 real old gunslinger nowadays, um, seven touchdowns, six INTs. That sounds about right for Phil Rivers. He will throw some crazy passes, uh, either down the field or right in the bucket. And he will also throw it to the other team as well. So, I mean, you got that when it comes to the passing game. And then, you know, they, they had Marlon Mack go down early. So now you're looking at Jonathan Taylor coming in here, um, has all the skill set, a guy that you wanted the Lions to take. And, you know, they went with DeAndre Swizzle instead, DeAndre Swift. And um, I think that's worked out well uh, for the Lions. I do think Jonathan Taylor would be a really good pro. He seems like he's kind of hit or miss a little bit this year. You know, I think he's around the team as a whole, kind of in that 3.6 yards per carry, only five rushing touchdowns for the year. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't think they're dynamic. I, I think the Colts have tried to get a lot of receivers that either haven't worked out yet or haven't come along. You know, you, you have T.Y. Hilton there who's, Gosh, every year before this year, he seemed like a fantasy darling and would always kind of find ways to get deep and have those crazy 200 plus yard receiving games. But he really hasn't done much. They also had they went and spent a draft resource on Paris Campbell from that team down south. They they picked up um, Pittman this year. He's been hurt. They um, have another receiver, too, that's in that similar mold that's escaping me that kind of is like that you know, big slot or a guy that they can move around and uh, they just haven't hit on really any of these receivers. They have a mismatched tight end group. When you're talking about Jack Doyle, um, Burton, who just came back and then Mo Alley Cox. I mean, none of those guys scare me. So, uh, you know, nothing on the offense the ball really um, scares me. It's just more um, their defense that I'm kind of circling a red pen of having to find a way to get points against, because I think we can go point for point with it, with this indie offense. Yeah, they can be, it can be one of those things like where I think Phillip rivers can still be the guy that kind of pick apart a defense, but you're right. He can get a little careless with the football every once in a while. And, you know, he can throw it to other teams. Um, when I used to do fantasy football, he was always one of the quarterbacks I really liked because he would throw up mad yards one game and then he'd throw for like 150 yards and uh, four picks and that would drive me crazy. But uh, I think the Lions are going to have to like play solid once again, try to disguise some stuff. Um, 
you know, play, I think they're going to still have to run a little more, uh, a little more zone, even though you mentioned how the Colts are still trying to, uh, they just don't seem to have those wide receivers that really, really scare you. So, uh, you know, the defense is going to have to play hard, but this is going to have to be one where this team's you know, Colts are rested and, you know, they have two weeks to prepare for this. So, you know, they can't take this team lightly. Griffin, just so we get it right for the people, when you say when I used to play fantasy football, when you used to draft Phil Rivers, let's let the people know that's probably eight plus years ago now, right? Yeah, that was uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so I wasn't taking Philip Rivers last year. That shows how bad yeah. Philip Rivers is and how much of an old man you are that you gave up on something as fun and as um, you know enjoyable as fantasy football to uh, the chagrin of everybody in the Detroit Kool Aid Cast League that I have a bunch of fun with. So, and when Philip Rivers throws up a ball in in the game on Sunday or just in his overall career, I mean, most of the time, almost half the time, people are saying this. What the hell? The other t- half the time they're saying this. <laughs> One or the other with this guy. So we'll see what happens. I, I always liked his moxie, but like say, it's just he's a couple years past his time. And gosh, it'd be nice if the Lions could just get after him, get him off his spot, as well as deal with some of these receivers. Uh, you know, I do think Frank Reich as a coach, too, is a little bit of a sneaky coach. You know, he always seems to have something in his back pocket or find a way to get, you know, guys open and things like that. So, you know, he might have that going for him as well. But I mean, like I say, the Detroit Lions defense is rolling. There's no big, crazy stars you got to look out for. I mean, the biggest thing, like I said, I kind of brushed by Jonathan Taylor, but if they can keep him in line, like they have the last two weeks and not let him get a crease and and go 80 yards, I think that that's going to bode well um, for this um, in this game for the Detroit Lions. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I think we, I mean, you do fantasy football and I have other friends that do it and they were talking about how good the Colts defense was. And they, they, you know, just by, you know, seeing some of their highlights and watching a little bit of their games here and there, you know, they do seem to have a very stout defense this year. I'm not talking, you know, the old steel curtain or the old Baltimore Ravens <laughs> or anything like that, but their defense does look pretty solid. Um, who do you think uh, the Lions are going to use or try to do to exploit uh, the defense? Well, I owe you two Grifka Bells because I couldn't get to it in time. That's for your old team references. Of I'm sure you were going for the Trent Dilfer-led Ravens as well as the, uh, gosh, I don't even know, like what the Bettis Steelers are back. Uh, you probably go back farther than that, to be honest. I'm talking but... like the Terry Bradshaw Steelers. I'm talking the Bettis Steelers. <laughs> gosh, you love yourself some Terry Bradshaw. I called him a clown last week. I probably hurt your feelings, but that guy is uh, freaking horrible on TV. But um, yeah, anyway. You probably love Steve Young, so. I do love, love Steve Young. 49ers were my squad when they had D, Neon Dion over there and, and uh, Waters and all their skill players. Hell yeah. Um, but no, like looking at this Colts D, I mean, to me, I, I didn't get a chance to check their injuries. I, I feel like Leonard, their, their nasty linebacker, has had some injury issues this year, but... I mean, I looked at it, like, they they got a good pass D, man. They got, like, under 200 yards passing per game uh, was kind of where I was at with it, as well as, um, you know, they're not giving up much in the run either. Like, I think it was around under three and a half for carry, something crazy like that. They're only giving quarterbacks, like, 61 type percent in completions. I mean, those are some crazy, crazy numbers, like 80, if I got it right here, I think on my sheet, like 88 rush yards a game. Really? Like... I, I mean, 
when when I looked at those numbers, I mean, the Lions can get away without running. So, like, when I see 88 yards a game, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, even if the Lions run for under or over that, you know, they still have a chance. But 199 passing, I mean, we usually don't have a chance unless Stafford's going for 250 to 350. So, they're going to have to find a way to throw it. I mean, do you know do you know any corners on the Indianapolis Colts, Griffith? I'm just curious. Oh, I believe they have, like, probably one of the best corners in the game, and that's Brock Yassin. <laughs> is he starting, Griffith? Because I know you love him because of his name only, but is he is he playing good football over there for them? Did you do any actual research, or you just show up and hit record? No, he's 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 doing pretty average right now. He's not he's not the stalwart defensive back that I thought he would be. <laughs> but but I mean, give the people the name one more time because that still is one of the top ten names of all time. <laughs> incredible so yeah he, he'll be out there i've i've seen some things i mean gosh i i don't have a big laundry list of their defenders but i think they have a, a kid blackman uh, safety who's i think he's a rookie this year but man he's been making plays recently uh, they've got some some rushers and some people that get after you but it seems like their their corners and safeties are really what you have to watch out for when it comes to being able to keep the passing game in check and and stafford like i say has that has that momentum going his direction he's got all of his guys healthy there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to top that 200 yard mark pretty pretty easily but they're gonna have to find a way to continue to put points up and be good in the red zone and all the stuff they've been doing if they can do that i don't see why this isn't a a game i think i saw before we were recording this week that there's like no experts early on this week that were picking the lines it was 100 percent for the Colts, zero percent people picked the Lions. It's like, really, we're we're at home, which again means nothing really in 2020. We are coming off a two-game win streak. Yeah, the Colts are coming off a bye week, but I I don't think this sets up as some big mismatch in my opinion. But maybe I could just be uh, I don't know doing this. Drink it in. Uh... <laughs> maybe it could be that Detroit Kool-Aid talking, but I I'm not looking at this as some big mismatch. What about you? Yeah, I saw that before. Was it uh, ESPN does what the ranking of what the percentage, what who's going to win? I think they had the Colts and the odds of winning this game like at sixty, like low sixty percentile. And I'm like, really? I mean, didn't the Colts like lose to the Jags or something like that? I realized it was like the first game or something, but still, I mean, this team isn't the Colts of Peyton Manning and whoever was on those teams or whatever. I mean, come on, man, this. I mean, this ain't some big mismatch. And, yeah, I think Frank Wright, you know, like you mentioned, is a good coach. And I think the Colts' defense, you know, is pretty stout. But lines are at home. You know, two big momentum wins on the road. Coming back home to a uh, cardboard cutout-filled stadium. You know, and uh, so uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be a good game. <laughs> that was the antithesis of, of repeating everything I said just in your voice and in your mannerisms, but just basically every point I just said. So yeah, good work. Yeah. Well, I, sorry. I want a little more than I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah I, I think sometimes people want my point of view and yeah, I'm throwing my hat in the <laughs> ring just in case something happens to Bob Quinn. <laughs> Yeah, but your hat in the ring can't be the exact thing that I just said. I mean, uh, that's not a that's not a take. That's not a hot take. That's that's you just uh, saying uh, 
everything I said in, in Grifka speak, which was you mixed in a couple realies, you had a couple, uh, you know, gimmick lines. I mean, but it's the same thing I just said. So anyway, I thought it was funny. So it was good for that. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. if you didn't hear me, you got it twice there. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, what uh, what guy on the defense do you think could have a big week for the Lions against the Colts offense? And what guy on the offense for the Lions do you think could uh, kind of explode this week? Hmm, offense and defense. I mean – I, I feel like Tracy Walker started out slow. Then he had a couple good games. I, I feel like he was a little hit or miss in, in Atlanta. I mean, there were plays I liked from him. And there was a couple times, especially from where we were sitting. I won't forget it, man. There was a play where he kind of got down late on uh, Calvin Ridley in coverage. They were kind of moving around a lot. And Calvin Ridley turned... Tracy Walker inside out upside down he went like two ways Tracy Walker turned around twice fell down I mean good thing Matt Ryan didn't see him because this would have been like a 60 yard touchdown if he can get the ball out to him but um, Tracy on the ground I didn't like to see that so I'd really like to see him have a good game here at home I'd like to see him get his hands on the football get a turnover I mean you can't just be a what third year player and just be making a few tackles and, and doing some good you know scheme stuff really need him to be more of a ball hawk and a guy that can can get the football out make plays whatever it may be so I mean I'll, I'll circle him on the defensive side just like to see a little bit more a little bit more playmaking ability and then gosh on offense I mean I think I was calling the underdogs the last uh, few weeks you know guys that were under the radar and some of the main dogs are still making plays whether it be Kenny or TJ Hawkinson, um, or some of the other uh, top names you would see. So let, let me go ahead and throw the people a curveball. Let me give them a little Detroit Kool-Aid to drink in. And how about a little breakout game for Jamal Agnew? We had to hear all preseason about how this guy was tearing people up. He's going to be a problem in the slot. Oh, man, he's still a dangerous kick returner. I mean, a pro bowler. Like... How about this guy make a play? <laughs> I mean, one. <laughs> I don't know if he has more than a couple catches all year. So how about we get him a, a, a we scheme him up, maybe get use that speed I hear so much about, and find a way to get him behind the defense, like Marvin Hall's been known to do when you actually put him on the football field. And then, hey, Jamal Agnew, when you get your hands on a punt, because we all know nobody returns kickoffs anymore. You just stand there and you do the T symbol when you put your arms out and the ball goes, what, eight yards to the back of the end zone. You get your hands on a punt. How about you show me a little something, get a little 40-plus yard return. I don't know, maybe take one to the heezy for me. So wild card pick, Grifka, Jamal Agnew for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that is a... That's a very wild card pick right there. I wouldn't expect you to pick him, but uh, <laughs> on the defense, the guy I think is going to have to, uh, you know, have a good game. Don't 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 say uh, Tracy Walker and then don't say Jamal Agnew, please, Grifka. I mean, oh, I'm me, wearing you the belt. You don't today. have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that <laughs> at all. Um, what are you I saying? It's not a good take. Have... <laughs> you know, I, I I can live with the Walker one. I'm okay with that. But uh, um, you're not going to go Jamal with me Agnew. on Jamal. I mean, we all loved him. Remember all the preseason games we talked about him when I said he shouldn't even be on the roster anymore? Remember those? Yeah, exactly. Um, but on uh, defense, I think we're going to have to, uh, you know, uh, Harmon, Deron Harmon's going to have to have a good game Some because they're going against one of those quarterbacks, seen an awful lot, can throw the ball around. He's going to have to get that defensive backfield set up for that, ready to go. Um, 
once again, I think he's going to have to have somebody, you know, guard those tight ends. I mean, those no-name tight ends, but still, we've mentioned it before, the Lions do have trouble guarding them. Um, on offense, I think the guy that's going to have to ball out or was going to say, oh, Kenny Galladay. But, no, I think it's going to have to be Marvin Jones again, the way Kenny Galladay showed up, had some of those great catches against Atlanta. I think teams are going to start to shadow him more, and that's going to open up Marvin. He's going to, you know, appear from the old milk box, milk jug that he's been showing up on. And he's going to show up on the field. He's going to have to have a big game for the Lions this week. I like it. Two good selections by you. I'll drink it in. Drink it in, man. Let's do this, man. Uh, give me a final score for this game before we get out of here on a Friday. Grifka, I, I've been in the ATL. I've just been getting home. Busy work week. I haven't put my head around it, but I'm going to give you a live score here. Let, let me dial it up in my head. Hold on. Beep, bop, boop, bop, beep. Um, give, give me, I've been predicting a lot of big scores for the Lions. Let, let me let me trim that back a little bit. Let, let me give you a classic 24 to 17 win for the Detroit Lions. You know, they don't do anything crazy, but they still get a few uh, Matt Stafford touchdowns, find the touchdown in the run game, as well as a field goal by Matt Prater. And let's let's just give the Colts, let's have them struggling um, and just, uh, you know, putting up just 17. No big runs, no, no big nothing, just another nice performance. A nice, comfortable win for the Lions at home against a game nobody's predicted them to win. But I think why not just go get this one and then and then really set yourself up when you go to Minnesota, Washington, Carolina, Houston, um, Chicago. Let's go ahead and make that run. So here we go. So score did you give? Did did you not listen the whole take? Twenty four twenty one. I said it said it twice. Two four for the Lions. Two no, not twenty four twenty one. Twenty four seventeen, I said. 24 for the Lions. What's well, going on? You gave me two scores there. Uh, I'm so confused now, man. <laughs> because I gave oh, okay. you the one twice and you just, you were sleeping <laughs> over there like you do on most of the shows. I got to wake you up or I ask you a question. You respond 10 minutes later. I mean, you act like me when I tune you out half the time. Like 24, 17, Lions dub. Let's go. Well, I apologize for that, but I was, you know. <laughs> cruising twitter and i came across the everson griffin tweet did you happen to see that one i did not well what did he have to say here says it right here now once again this is a family program so i'm gonna have to like tone it down (laughs) a tiny bit but it says our journey continues to the great city of detroit to the detroit line fans you're all getting a mf and dog ready to eat lines thank you for blessing my family with another opportunity to be great i can't F and wait. See y'all tomorrow. So, yep, this guy's coming in here to prove Wee! something. He, he said he's not, he's not, he's not going to be, uh, you know, you know, dressed for the Colts, but I know he's going to look to whoop up on the Vikings. But uh, we got the Colts right here, and um, like I said, it's going to be a tough game. I think the Colts have good defense, going to be well-rested coming in here. Lions have some momentum after uh, two road victories, even though, um, you know, one against the lonely Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm more, very much more impressed with the uh, way the defense played against the Atlanta Falcons because that Atlanta offense is, that, that's for real. So um, I'm going to go with this one. Gosh, it's like I was thinking about it. I almost want to pick the Colts to win because it seemed like that's when the Lions win when I pick the other team. And it might be a <laughs> tradition. I have to start because I seem to be the jinx for the other team. So, what I'm going to do, and in case they do lose, I'm not going to say, hey, look, I told you. But, yeah, 
I'm going to continue with that jinx till it fades because that's what people who play sports do. I want to pick the Colts to win this one and go uh, 24-21. See, you're trying the old okey-doke on us where you're you're picking it, but you're not picking it. Is that that what I'm picking up? Is that what you're putting down? Exactly. But uh, like I said, you know, if you play sports at some point, you're either not changing socks, you're wearing the same dirty, you know, uniform, you know, same dirty undershirt and underpants. You know, if, if something's going good and it's working for you, like I said, it seems like any time I pick the other team to win, I had them losing to the Cardinals because they always lose out in Arizona. You know, had them like, oh, Jacksonville, you know, they do, they, they play like crap in Jacksonville. And, you know, and I was like, oh, they won that game and they were going to lose Atlanta because of their offense. So, I'm going to roll with that here, too. It seems to be working. When I pick them to win, it's like, oh, they're going to kick the crap out of the junk bears, which the bears are still junk. You know, I um, thought that. I thought they would uh, beat up on uh, the Saints at home, but no, that didn't happen either. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna roll with, uh, you know, I'm the jinx for the other team. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> All right. We're going to let you get away with that, Grifka, today. I'm also going to remind the people that Grifka only checks his Twitter every, you know, uh, you know, once or twice a week. So we're recording a little bit early, but I'm sure most of you have already seen that tweet days ago. Um, if you want to find Grifka on Twitter and send him a message and expect no reply, where, where, where can they do that, Grifka? I'm just curious. Well, that's at Grifka DKC. <laughs> how, how many people, how many fans, how many interesting things do you think you'll put out this week so to interact and to just wow the people? How many things do you think might go out of your Twitter to uh, uh, the fan base there? I don't know. I average between zero and one <laughs> post a week, so something like that. Oh my goodness, Grifka, man! The people want to do this uh, to your Twitter, but you don't give, you don't fill up their cups. Drink it in, uh... I mean, the Lions are on a two-game win streak. You think you could put out something positive? You think you could uh, give them something to laugh at? But nothing, well, let's nothing do this. coming from there. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> oh boy! To our listeners, I will tweet something <laughs> if you text something in. Okay, I don't care, you know. <laughs> That's what it is. I've been in Twitter battles before. People thought I was an idiot. I'm okay with that. This is my opinion. I'll live with that. But please, you know, if you text us in or even call into the line, which is 989-272-3484, I promise you, I will not rip on you. I can't speak for my buddy Derek, but I will not. And I will post something on Twitter saying, hey, thank you for calling in. I would like to respond to your question. Grifka, let's let's double down on that. If somebody sends you a Lions-esque question – this week, here here we are on the Friday show. Let's say Friday, Saturday, they shoot you a message, want to ask you a question, maybe even use a gimmick line of yours. Will, will you respond to them and either answer their question or maybe give something interesting about the Detroit Lions? Would you do that? Yes, I will do that. Oh, my good Everybody, f- go to at Grifka DKC and just bombard him with messages. Ask him why he hates the Lions. Ask him, uh, tell him he's not that great. Or, or just ask him why he doesn't like TJ Hawkinson, because we're all still trying to figure out why when this guy's becoming a real good ball player. So definitely do that. Um, <laughs> we, or better uh, yet, please call into the hotline. Don't even call in. Just text it in. I would, I would yeah. love somebody to call, you know, text in. And I'd be like, hey. Thanks. For, I will put you on Twitter. Even if you're not on Twitter, I will be like Joe from Stan, Sanford, you know, 
called into the hotline and said, um, hey, great show, or you guys are terrible. I, I don't care. You know, and I'll be like, hey, Joe from Stanford, thank you very much for using the line. It does work. It's not just a Campbell soup, you know, in a, in a string, okay? <laughs> Griffey, you know, it's actually my bad because we have had a few call-ins that I haven't had a chance to get on, and I, I like you say, I got to do better, as well as we've had some uh, – gosh, what did we have? We had – um, we had some call-ins, we had some people that I, sometimes I'll put out on Twitter, like, hey, you give me a score prediction, and I'll retweet, or I'll, uh, if you're right, I'll say it on the show, I've totally dropped the ball on some of that, so I gotta step my game up, Griff, I don't have the sound clip for that, but, um, it goes something like this, step your game up! Yeah, I got to do that for the show. Um, we'll, we'll get it together. I feel like we're going to have calls. I mean, back in the day, remember, we had Lafurgis Nuggets call in, which why anybody would deem themselves the name Lafurgis Nuggets, I have no idea. We have no idea who that is. Um, he somewhat made us laugh. He also confused us with some crazy riddle rhyme that he said. Um, we've had Conrad from Huntsville call up. I mean, Jim from Ann Arbor. We've had all these crazy calls come in as well as just some classic Lions fans. Like I remember during the draft and, you know, once we got either cooking on a season, like we just want to hear from you. I, you know, I beat Grifka up cause he's often, you know, the E or the show about the Lions, but you call up, you got a beef with them or you think they're not going to win. Let us know. We'll respond to it. We'll definitely try to put it on the show. So, yeah, there you go. That's a good challenge, Grifka. Get some calls in here. Get some tweets from you. I'll continue to do what I do, which is be the workhorse of the show. Put the show out on Twitter. Put out interesting things. Retweet all the good stuff you see about the Detroit Lions. Ignore all the haters that want to tell me how bad they are and that they'll never win because they never won. I'll definitely uh, just uh, bruise by those uh, tweets, no problem. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have some fun here. And if the Lions can keep winning i mean helps the show helps the fan base helps everything we're trying to do here on the detroit kool-aid cast so sounds like a plan grifka there's only one thing left to do and that's to ask you simply one more question and that's this do you have anything else for the people uh nope grifka Kind of let us down, but didn't let us down. Like, we're waiting for that day when he's going to drop knowledge on us, yet he continues his streak of, I think, like two and a half years of having nothing to end the show. So everybody gets a kick out of that. And like I say, another fun episode. Talked about the Colts. Talked about a lot of different things. Grifka brought some interesting questions, which is always good. And uh, definitely hit him up on Twitter at Grifka DKC. Everybody will be back next week, Wednesday and Friday. Again, you can also catch my Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions podcast, which drops Thursday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you get Lions content. And uh, yeah, we got big game Sunday. We'll be back here next week talking all about it. Everybody, take care. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. And we'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We are out.